Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Palmers. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us on this latest podcast. Uh, today's podcast is a reflections podcast because in November, uh, late November of 2021, we actually held a forum uh, with a host of employee experience uh, specialists. Some of the conversations that came out of that were really, really fascinating. And as a result, uh, I was talking to Aaron Aubrey, who's joining me today. Aaron, you're right? Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. But you and I had a conversation off the back of that event on the 22nd of November, which we ran with the lovely folks from Applaud. Um, mm. And we said, you know what, we should do a little podcast and just reflect on some of the broader discussion points that came as a result of that particular forum because I think there's some interesting things in there but we also said you know we should start looking at that as a community and start speaking to that community a little bit more because it is a growing community and off the back of that we've got uh, Casey Wild who's sales director at Applaud who are our partners uh, strategic partners and who partnered with us on that event Casey how are you doing right very well thank you for having me that's all right it's always good but yeah we we were kind of reflecting just before we went on air but also over the last few weeks we've been reflecting as well as to just how much growth there's been in that community I mean I don't know from your perspective and from Applaud's perspective how you've seen that uh, really mushroom out over the last year certainly yeah no absolutely I think employee experience in general is a very broad topic and it resonates and has different meanings for so many different people but the one thing that we can all agree on is that our employees need an experience that aligns with their expectations in an extremely frazzled world that we're currently living in this needs to be a seamless a frictionless experience so if I think personally if I rewind five ten years pre-pandemic when we talk talked about work experience or workforce experience or employee experience, quite often it just kind of meant a beer fridge or a pool table in a room. But actually, it's so much more than that now. Certainly. Now I couldn't agree more, Katie. I think it's come on so much. It was really, I think, brought home to both of us, wasn't it, in that session that you know, there was there was some great people around that room discussing it. And five years ago, most of them didn't have those jobs. And certainly, if you go on LinkedIn now, you can find employee experience, director roles all over the place. I was struck by how different some of the titles were that they had that described roughly the same thing. I think that's, that mm-hmm. sort of shows how quickly this is coming together. We have people who are heads of employee experience, ambition, experience ambassadors in there. We had all sorts of things. When we got under the covers of those discussions, it was a about, as you say, really making sure that the promise that is made to people uh, as they come into the organisation is is actually delivered, that experience is met. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at the younger workforce now, you know, they, they look for companies that align with their values and the recruitment process is so shiny and so exciting. And it's all about really highlighting how wonderful something is. So we as employers have to live up to that, right? So when they join the organization, there's not this dip, if you like, or this this remorse of joining a company that's not living to our values. So that all ties into employee experience and how we make the employees feel. How do we align ourselves with what it was and what it is that first attracted them? And that plays itself out 
in many ways, whether it's, you know, the the kind of location, the geography in which they sit, the technology in which mm-hmm. they're using, the values that are kind of displayed and, and portrayed each and every day. So employee uh, experience yeah. is exceptionally broad, I agree. Yeah, no, do you definitely. know what's really interesting? And this was one of the bullet points that we took away from it was talking around the um, COVID impact and the great resignation. And I read something today which was talking about it's not a great resignation, it's a great re-evaluation that's happening because what's happening is employees are re-evaluating re- how culturally aligned are, are my values to those, those values of the businesses. And if they're not culturally aligned, that's the re-evaluation that's happening. And that's why they're leaving. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, if I think about it from my own personal perspective, I'm a working mum, two children, that blend or that blur between work and home life is really strong, right? So I was reflecting on it and I was thinking, Pre-pandemic, I would drop my children off to school or to the childminder and I'd have half an hour in the car with which to balance, to refocus, and I'd come into the workplace and I was ready to go. Now I'm coming to my desk in that almost frazzled state. So when I think about it from a technology perspective, if the systems I'm using or the applications I'm using are causing me greater frustration, that level of frazzledness is just deteriorating and getting worse and worse, and hence the re-evaluation. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's that, as you say, Katie, that it's that work-life balance element, but also, I think there's the, the sense of purpose that COVID has given to people. I think it's given people the chance to step back and really assess what's important to them and for them personally in there, and then to relook at how their businesses are delivering that. And I think that reevaluation, I think that's a great way of describing it. I've, I've never really sat with the, the great resignation as a title. I think that's the, the symptom, the, the, the driver behind it is this evaluation of purpose and fit. And we're going to see more of that, right? As we head into hybrid working, some organizations are going to, you know, obviously in the conversations we're having, right? We see different organizations taking different views on what that means for them. And they will. we will see, therefore, I think, in the market, a polarization of people who for full flexibility really appeals to them and some people for whom coming back to the office with structure appeals to them. And you may find yourself currently in the in a different place from where you really want to be, but there'll be options and people will reevaluate and go. But at, you know, at the end of the day, once you get there and you're attracted by the shiny recruitment, as Katie was describing, it's about whether that is then delivered for you. And I think when we saw, when we sat around that table just in November, it was just great to hear how people have, have developed their thinking as the heads of employee experience around this and how they've had a really quite a turbulent time over the last two years of trying to really get to in front of this, keep that experience up. But I think they were all quite focused on what comes next. How do mm. they keep that going in the longer term? Certainly one of them talked about sort of the balance um, between, you know, in the role, thinking about the three aspects. What does it mean from a people perspective, the values, the people experience? What does it mean from the sort of workplace location experience? And we've seen workplace design and workplace experience start to come into these roles over the last couple of years. Used to be in facilities, starting to come in as people see the importance of that, you know, whether it's home working environments, whether it's being office environment. And then we're seeing you know, clearly the ownership of the digital experience being really key as well, making that consistency, which I know Katie's a real passion for you and your team. And I think that that agility is that key word, isn't it, right? Because this is ever evolving and it's just been truly highlighted by what we've all gone through in the last two years. But I also think it's really interesting when you look at it from the perspective of those teams who are delivering it, because the state that they're in is no different to what we as the employee
employees are in. You know, they're having to work in a in a fast paced, agile manner where they've probably not had to work in that that style before or not to that degree. And it the world's ever evolving. So we think about the type of benefits that an organization offer. That's changed dramatically. That lends itself into employee experience. Am I aligned? Does this offer me something that, you know, lends itself well within my personal life? But they change consistently as well, right? And we and I remember we were sat in the room and there was one lady whose title, you know, was employee experience, but her background was rewards and benefits. And so yeah. that was a really interesting take on it because you're you're actually thinking about who are my personas in my organization? What appeals to them? What do they need for this to be an organization where they are happy today and going to stay? Because that's what it's all about. It's about engaging those employees, helping them be more effective and ultimately stay with an organization adding value to the bottom line and I'm sure Aaron you've got some thoughts on it as too but flip it on its head we know everything about our customers and we do everything to make sure they stay on our website one second longer they can buy quicker they feel more engaged to the brand we should be thinking the same way about our employees yeah no I couldn't agree more Katie I couldn't agree more and, and, and you're right. In terms of the audience that we had there, we had every kind of flavor of background that people could come from. And I, it was really interesting to see some people who were non-traditional HR coming into those employee experience roles as well. We had a couple of people from business backgrounds. I think you're right. The reward and talent was a really interesting take on it. Clearly, there's quite a few people who come from a talent acquisition background. I think that seems to be quite a traditional route into employee experience. But it, they're, they're all taking, as you say, that different view for what's important for their business and 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 taking that into the employee experience role. And I guess one of the things that came out in the discussion that's that's related to that is you know, that some of the people were saying around this need to measure employee experience to get some feedback into the process. So, you know, setting up the experience is one thing, establishing a, a way of keeping agile to your perspective is another, but also what do you stay agile with? How do you listen to the end customer to your point? How do you get the, that back in to your processes? And I think there's still quite a lot of work to be done by the sounds of it around that room to, to understand how to make that real in an organization. And it's not a top-down project, is it? It's from a ground up, you know, it's design thinking with data and with empathy and starting with the employees. And it's working from that ground up. And and as you rightly said, it's it's those loops going back round sound bites and check-ins to make sure that are we still on track are we delivering it's not a one-time project that once we've rolled it out it's complete in linking to that so one mm-hmm. of the bits that was discussed was this idea and you're in the forum was this idea of experience ambassadors is that linked into that feedback loops having those types of people that sit within the business that can be the ambassadors of experience but actually also are listening as well i, I think to a certain degree Chris, certainly, I think that's probably what was underlying the title of what for that organization as they were describing it. But I think there were some others in the organizations there that were talking about sort of more of the systemic and process way of measuring as well. So how do you use business partners, HR business partners to hear and listen? How do they gather that insight when you've got talent in a global organization, when you've got talent managers who are covering a region, how are they involved in getting that feedback? You've got lots of listening points in an HR organization out into the organization, employee forums ambassadors, etc. But you've also got the business partners, you've got the heads of talent, you've got line managers. How do you get that back into a point and have action with it? And I guess one of the things that's always been either engagement or experience, listening is one part, taking agile action at pace is what really makes a difference. Mm. And it's getting those mechanisms right. And I think we're going to see more work in that space over the next couple of years as people focus on how to get that 
responsiveness right they can adjust quickly and i think i think also it's just so visible isn't it if you think about glass door people are very quick to tell you when it's not right and that's the point where you know you're trying to move away from that you want you want to be listening and implementing things to make a difference getting those five star ratings and nothing less than it's really interesting because that's that's one of the points that we do still know holds true throughout all of this people still for the majority of reasons leave because of line managers right that's still a stated fact we know that's still not really adjusted no matter how much you try right and i think we'll see more focus from experience around the role of managers in this because at the end of the day we talked about you know living living your your promise the people who execute that for employees most of the time are their line managers they're either you know make it enabling them to live that promise or they're blocking and how do you remove those blockers how do you focus on it how do you actually adjust the behavior of line managers is critical to employee experience as you go forward and i think it lends itself then onto that point about moments that matter so if we take the onboarding journey just in isolation if i'm starting with an organization i'm probably not sat in a room with my line manager so technology is going to help me on board. It's going to help me to get to know my colleagues, my peers. Where do I sit in the organization chart? It's going to answer questions that I'm just not in a room to be able to ask somebody over a coffee machine or a water cooler. So that line manager engagement is less, but we need to help line managers as well as employees to step in and those moments that matter because that's what will make a difference to the feeling of the employees they're onboarding. Technology for me helps those line managers, helps those onboarders, but human interaction is absolutely essential. So at what point do we help the new line manager or the existing line manager step in with the right information to really solidify that warm and fuzzy feeling that we need the employees to have? Yeah, I find it interesting because it's the skills that almost, as you mentioned, new line managers, but line managers post COVID need to have, Mm -hmm. particularly when I think about that onboarding process, the skills that I need to have as a line manager right now are very different to the skills I would have needed to have had maybe three, four years ago, where everyone's turning up to the office five days a week and I get them all in a room and say, right, guys, this is it. This is the process for onboarding or, you know, welcome to the company and I'm going to be sat with you every step of the way. It's a very different world. Definitely. And I I think there's a couple of takeaways in my mind from that discussion. One is, as I say, we've started this call with this podcast with was just just how fast this is moving and evolving right and it's a growing and growing environment two it's just how exciting this role can be in an organization i think everybody around that room was energized excited it was like it's great it's great to see and i think we're going to see more of that the other thing i think is this is not an easy job right it's complex it's multi-dimensional it's got tech it's got emotions it's got light managers engaged in there and typically it's also a job where you're influencing others and also a lot of the time commenting on how the experience is in other parts of your own organization. And that is always a tricky environment to operate in. So I think it's a great position to be in a very exciting role, but it does come with some challenges as well. There is no handbook on how to do it. But I think, you know, if we look at it from a Plaud's perspective, when we're working with customers and with prospects, it's really about understanding where are those biggest pain points? Because if we can understand where those biggest pain points are, not just for the HR team, for the business in general, for the employees that's where we can create the user journey and take away that friction so i think it's always starting with the end goal in mind but being realistic that end goal could very easily change with agility that we've spoken about who knew two years ago we would be in the world that we are so we have to be very nimble so yeah my great passion is technology and how that can move with you as an enabler but i i absolutely agree with everything that we've all been 
talking about. Can I ask a question, actually? It's yeah. one of the bits that came up in the forum, and I would like to delve your opinions into this here, because one of the statements is employee experience is now people experience. So as a marketeer and somebody that loves search engine optimization and looks at SEO and sees that employee experience is what people are talking about now, can you just reflect on where that discussion went, why the discussion went along the roots of employee experience is now people experience? What exactly was the angle of thinking from that perspective? I guess I'll start with Aaron on that one. Yeah, I have, happy to jump in on that, Chris, because I think you're right. Employee experience is by far still the most used term, but I think what people are realizing is it's not just about the employees. You know, when we think about experience and we're working through an experience design, we're thinking it's employees, but it's also candidates. It's also alumni. Equally important, especially in a talent shortage market as we're in, alumni are an amazing talent source if you engage them well and you have a great experience for them. But also, we talked about the experience that line managers are having. You know, and how important they are in your organization and the experience that leaders are having in your organization by the other dimensions. So employees are a bit of a catch-all for all those elements. And so hence why we started to see people describe it in a broader term around people. I think that transition may or may not catch, but certainly that's, I think, from my perspective, what I've been seeing and why people are using that broader term. And consumer, right? So I think that's another kind of way that you could look at it. They are consumers. And we as organizations need to think of our employees as exactly that that our role here is to market our business and to engage with them in a way that we've typically only seen happen between customers and sales. It's flipping it on its head and just being super employee focused and seeing them as the bed, well, they are the bedrock to the business as we know, but really seeing them as in consumers. Yeah, that yeah. kind of yeah. internal customer kind of approach, isn't it, from an HR perspective, looking at internal yeah. customers. We're just coming towards the end of the podcast and some of the some of the, the sections that we've gotten. But before we do wrap up for today, I just wanted to get any kind of final reflections or thoughts that any of you guys had from the actual event itself. If there was one thing that perhaps I haven't picked out or anything that we've already talked about that you really think if you're going to take one nugget of information away from, just remember this. Aaron, I'll start with you on that one. Let me start with the thing we haven't talked about, which I think is a consideration for more broader businesses, which is that cultural variation mm. on experience. We had a few people around the room who were dealing with quite dispersed workforces across very different countries, very different cultures, and they were reflecting how that has meant that they have had to design very different experiences for them, some more direct, some more engaging, you know, level of communication points and so on through that experience being quite different because of the cultural norm and expectations in their business. So I think that's an element to this that we haven't talked about, which is one to think about. I think in terms of the takeaway, I think if you're not doing if you don't have an employee experience role in your HR function and your people function, you need one. You need to work out who is accountable for this in your organization because it's you know, it's not going away. Your competitors are doing it and they're focused on it. And while they're doing that and you're not, they've got the edge. Absolutely. I'd second that. And I think just, just on Aaron's point about that um, regionalization, I think employee experience is personalization as well because that experience that you're having as an onboarder in, let's say, France is very different to somebody who's remote working in the UK. And as an employer, I need to be make sure, making sure that I'm as engaged and as hand in glove with that experience as possible. So personalization for me is really key within employee experience. And we just need to look at the likes of Amazon, Netflix and Spotify. When I log on, it knows I'm Katie. It knows my trends and my likes and my buying personality, if you like. And, and it's much the same as how we deliver that employee experience to, to the end user. Just before we wrap up, actually, one final question, just a quick one for both of you. I know we did say 
final takeaways, but then I've just thought of another one that I wanted to throw in there anyway. <laughs> you talked about how rapidly this particular part, this particular part of the function within the broader HR scope is growing. Do you think this is one of the biggest growth areas, like as in skills, as in the types of people that are required and within the, the HR function as a broader sort of role? Again, I'll start with Aaron and then go to Katie. You can answer that with a one word yes or, or no, but you can also uh, elaborate if you want to. And I think yes, and I think to pick up on something that Katie Katie said, there is no book for this, and I think that's one of the challenges with how fast it's growing. What's the right skill set? How should you be doing this? What's the role profile look like? I mean, this is all quite. Yeah, there's some core elements, and there's a lot that varies across businesses right now. Do I think it's the biggest growth part in the HR team and the wider team? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Katie, once again for joining us. And thanks, Aaron. Um, You can find our podcast on our website. You just need to go to lacepartners.co.uk forward slash insight. We're also trying to get a short link sorted out for lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. Just go to the insight section and you'll be able to find us. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Spotify. That's not okay. I like that one. Um, I'm not going to edit this. I'm going to keep that one in there. Spotify. It's it's very Uh, cute. We're also on Spotify and we're on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us if you just tell Alexa to search for the HR on the offensive podcast through Amazon Music as well. But once again, Katie from Applaud, thank you very much for joining. Thank you. And Aaron, thank you for joining. Thanks, Chris. We will see you next time on the HR on the offensive podcast. Bye-bye.